And welcome to On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thanks for joining us. Richard Crowell, as always, joins us as well. G'day, Crowley. G'day, Shebex. What a weekend in motorsport. What an amazing weekend. And to share his thoughts on his great weekend over in Barbagello, we also say g'day to Scotty McLaughlin from DJR Team Penske. Hello, Scotty. Well done. Congratulations. Thanks, boys. Yeah, g'day. It's, um, yeah, it was good. It was, it was, a, it was a amazing, amazing days uh, and very... Uh, Eventful, uh, especially for the uh, nerves. <laughs> yeah, it certainly was an eventful uh, weekend. Let's go sort of through the weekend chronologically, I suppose. And and Friday, you guys were uh, were pretty good after P two and and looking okay for the weekend. Yeah, look, we came we came in there with a decent amount of uh, confidence after obviously uh, last year we had the, the we swept the weekend there last year as well. So. Obviously, knowing the car and stuff, um, but obviously the biggest change for us, and we've talked about a lot, is uh, going back to the 2016 tyre. But everything sort of really went to plan, and we we focused um, on our race runs. And I really felt like our actually our race run car um, with the tyre life and stuff, especially what is very needed around there because the surface and stuff um, was really strong. So uh, I was excited, and equal to that, on in the afternoon when we rolled a set of greens on it, it was pretty fast. So look, we were we were very stoked. Yeah, Saturday race was, I mean, the word dominant gets thrown around a lot and it's, it's never that easy, but it looked as straightforward as a race at that place could possibly be where brilliant qualifying, drive away, third race win in a trot for the year and, and continue that rubber yellow streak. What, what shocked me though was how different that Saturday race was compared to what happened yesterday, which we'll obviously touch on. But talk through your, your Saturday performance, which looked like just a really nice, solid, straightforward victory. Yeah, like you said, Crosby, it's, you know, it's just, it was solid for us, you know, from my end and teams in, we had the fastest stop on pit lane. Unfortunately, I had a little problem with Fabian, but that was just a little unfortunate incident. And then, um, so the boys' pit stops were on point. And then obviously, from my end, I had a good start, got a good lead and basically just controlled the gap to the end. And like I said before, you know, we knew we had that, we had that confidence going and that the, the Friday pace, race pace would be okay. Um, and would be okay, uh, come Saturday, Sunday. And, Yes, yeah, certainly paid off for sure. And then I think, I'm um, uh, oh, sorry, I was going to say, Crowley, after the race on Sunday, did you want to talk about Saturday further? No, no, I want to find out and I want to hear it from the man himself. How did you win Sunday's race? Yeah. Because I sat there for 20 minutes when the TV was off going, I don't actually know what happened. I liked it, but I don't know what happened. Can you explain how you went from nearly 20th place to win that, please? Look, I think we had, uh, we had a lot of luck. Great car speed. Um, you know, we got in our noses and some good opportunities. Uh, but I guess in some ways you had a very determined driver on the back end of it because it was, you know, a mistake I made in qualifying was why we were back there. You know, the car was probably mm-hmm. good enough to be on pole. So um, just looking at the times after in those next two sessions. So I was very upset with myself. So uh, if anything, it was a little bit of redemption. And that was, uh, you know, definitely nice when I got back into the victory lane. The situation, I think you called it after the race, your greatest, probably your greatest victory ever? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, never, uh, for me, I never gave up. You know, I, I always believed in myself, and that's something that I have lacked over time, especially after the incidents towards, you know, the end of last year, you know, you sort of lack a little bit of self confidence. But if, that's, if there's a race that gets that back for you, you know, I'll tell you what, that's that one, and um, looking forward to the rest of the year, that's for sure. Hey, your first lap was pretty special, and I was keeping an eye on. You're in the back of the field there as, as your car came through and we saw Fabian have dramas early on and the commentators thought for a moment it might have been you. But 
Yep. You've been you've been accustomed in the last eighteen months or so, Scotty, to running at the front of the field. What was it like to be back in all of that for a lap or two? Because it was it looked wild. Yeah, mate, exactly. It was wild. It was just out of control. The the um, some of the things I saw and the cars going left and right, and it was just unreal. I think that was probably worse than you normally see. It was yeah. just one of those races that were back there. And look, our race could have easily been like Fabian's. He got collected, unfortunately. He had a fast car as well. So, like mm. I said, we had luck on our side. But, you know, you've got to try and create some of it for yourself and certainly just pick my spots. But um, and took my time when I needed to. The safety car really helped us. You know, And, yeah. again, that gave us more track position because guys in front of us, there's a lot of teammates together. So they all double stacked and, you know, we came out in fifth place on the road. So... From that point on, I was like, you know, well, we've got the car speed. We, we should be able to drive through these guys if possible, uh, especially towards the end of the stint. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what we sort of did. Scotty, how much do you rely in, in these situations on the boys back in the garages telling you exactly what's happening? Are you one of those guys that constantly like to be spoken to on the radio and be constantly updated? Or are you just a guy that likes to focus on what you're doing and let everything else fall about you? Uh I'm a bit of both in some ways. I think uh, when I was with Richard Holway, you know, he's a quiet guy. He didn't say too much. He was pretty cruisy, and I didn't mind that. You know, I just got on with the job. Ludo's obviously the complete opposite, and he, he's very outspoken, but um, basically rides every lap with you, which is not a bad thing. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy, you know, both both ways. I, I like getting talked to and not getting talked to in some ways. I think there's information that's not needed to be passed over, and, you know, those guys both, uh, you know, distinguish what information needs to be passed across, which one's valid for myself. Um, for me, I really enjoy, especially at a track like that, is the pace of the opposition in some ways, so I can understand all their pace uh, relative to mine, looking after the tyres um, across the stint, and just hitting my marks and my times. And, um, yeah, that definitely helped in that, in that last race. And just to take that one step further, are you one of those guys that doesn't mind being told if you've done something wrong, or would you rather that just be left to you to... Uh to sort of work out in your own head? Uh, no, look, look, I, I absolutely, like, I'd, of course, you know, you've got to take it on the chin, but I said uh, completely it was my stuff up on the radio. And, um, look, we were probably in some ways just probably thought we were too safe. Uh, and, 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 unfortunately, we just made a mistake on each other's part. So, uh, myself and Ludo. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I always really put my foot, um, my hand up when need be. Um, it's four wins on the trot now, so things are humming along nicely. How do you explain form, though? Because there just seems to be, and this is across all sports, and you see it in, in footy and, and cricket, things like that, that when a team starts winning, it just, more often than not, they continue to do so, and they build and build and build. Momentum. Yeah, exactly. What, what What's that feel like from inside the camp? Is there just a, is there a different atmosphere? Is there a different vibe? Is everyone just that little bit more focused or that little bit more intense. Can you explain what's going on with inside the Shell V Power team about those those thoughts and feelings, I suppose, of when, when you're in this kind of run of really good form that you're in right now? Yeah, it's, it, it is hard to explain, but in some ways, 2017, I guess, and this could be my best example, is, you know, we came into the year hoping to get a couple of wins here and there. We ended up you know, being very dominant, as everyone saw, and, you know, there was a bit of belief that, we got to the end of the, the uh, you know, the, or we came to each track and we believed that we could win every time we went out. And we mm. still have that belief. But I think back then it was more of a panic when we got to the position. Now mm. we understand what to do in these positions, I think. And I think more so from my end, 90% of it's me being calm, 
speak on the radio calm, giving the right information uh, information about the car back to Ludo to make us faster. Um, but look, we've come to two tracks that really suit us, suit me, uh, and, and we've, we've made the most of it with two 300-point weekends. Now we've just got to build on that. Um, and I've said it a lot, a lot of times in the media and in the press conferences and stuff, the biggest thing for us this year, our focus was you know, to minimise the bad days, obviously, but if we do have a bad day, don't give up. You know, focus, get, get, make the best you can um, of it. And that's certainly, uh, you know, what we did yesterday, that's for sure. Well, one thing I'll never be caught out uh, saying again, Scott, is that you can't overtake it, Barbagello. <laughs> I think you and a couple yeah. of other boys showed that. Craig Lowndes as well, who was right up there with you, who cut his way through the field as well. Yeah. It's an exciting track to be able to do that at, though, isn't it? Because there's not too many opportunities, and when you get them right... You can you can pick up one, two, even three positions in in a couple of moves. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I was probably one of the only people in the whole paddock that was disappointed that they were going to resurface the place <laughs> um, because I, I really enjoy you know how you've got to drive it, the challenge of it, the looking after the tire across the run. Absolutely, it needs to be done. Don't get me wrong, um, but it, it, look, it's a great little circuit uh, track that. When I was coming up through the ranks in 2010 to get my license, license for supercar racing and DVS, I actually had to go across and do a couple of former Ford races there. So mm. it's a place that I know quite well and I've done a lot of laps around, uh, believe it or not, which is very cool for me when I go back there every year. Now, Chebex, we need to start a campaign here on my pod house, yep. uh, podcast house. I saw a tweet from you, Scotty, yesterday. Uh, you're a big fan of Aussie rules. We know that, yeah, and yeah. your mighty Western Bulldogs got up on the weakend in a close one. Mighty I is, yeah. Uh, now, EJ Witten Legends game. We need to <laughs> oh, we need yeah. to start a petition and get you on the field for that because I feel like for the uh, for the All Stars, uh, and you're not a Victorian, so you need to play yeah. for the All Star side. <laughs> yeah, we need to start this right here and right now, Shabex. You, you've got some sway in the I'd AFL. To... I think we need to make this happen. I'd love to see. Mate, I reckon you guys. Oh, sorry, I was going to say I reckon Tim Hodges will be on our side as well. Yeah, so there's three of us. <laughs> we'll get the yeah. 360 family on board as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I reckon, Scotty, you need you need to be there. I could see you down in full forward, a couple of big <laughs> Beckys over the top. Uh, no, look, I, I big fan of AFL. I'm a Kiwi through and through. Love me rugby as well. But since living in Melbourne for a long time, it's uh, you know it's, yeah, I've always enjoyed it. Love my Western Bulldogs and watch the EJ Wooden Legends game. And I've asked and tried and tried every year to try and get into it. And, I think it was harder when it was on Channel 9. I think going back to Channel 7 and the association with Fox Sports might help me a little bit. So, yeah, if you guys can help me and put me in the right direction, uh, that's going to be a good good night. I'm working well, on it as soon as we... Yeah, if the voice of the G and the producer of the best footy show on TV can't make it happen, then you know, I think you just you dreamed up, mate. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like I'll be a great addition. Oh, without a doubt. I think people, I think people wouldn't, wouldn't believe it, but if Kiwi can kick a footy sometimes. <laughs> I think there's actually, but but I think there's going to be a hook around it, and I think you've got to actually go out in jandals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how we used to play back in the day. So, yeah, no worries. Uh, Scotty, just in regards to that, uh, did did anyone get the feeling that Neil Compton didn't know what the hell you were talking about when you came out of your car? Well, Hodges texted me, in, and uh, Tim Hodges, and he said he said, loved it. But was disappointed that Neil didn't know much about. It. I didn't realise Neil wasn't much of a footy fan. I don't yeah. really know. So um, yeah, when I looked at him and he he basically gave me donuts, I was like, okay, no worries, <laughs> we'll move on. That was very very funny, mate. Uh, time to refocus now. Barbagallo out the way. Uh, 
plenty of racing still to come. Uh, Winton, Darwin, some nice little boutique tracks again. That you know, one, once again, if you can get your act right from the, from early in the weekend, you you should have a little bit of dominance at these ones. Yeah, look again, we're coming to the tracks that we went well at last year. Uh, and again is just to continue to just be consistent and. Uh, make the best of the bad situations and whatever when when we need to and and uh, yeah to what we did you know obviously like I said the bonuses we came to two tracks at first I fill a pile where I'm strong at and we won both of them so if we can at least be up there and a couple of podiums here and there uh, you know so keep that consistency we'll be okay. Hey, last question from me, Scotty. Um, you won the teams championship last year, and we saw another instance, especially on the Sunday race of stacking in pit lane, and it's an absolute mess. Down in the field when that happens, did did you just have a bit of a grin when you rolled in, clean racetrack in front of you, no problems, no cars stacking in front of you? Did did that make that team's championship all the better a victory in in those circumstances? Yeah, I think that was the race where it completely clicked for me, and then even like just coming down the the pit lane, knowing there's a heap of guys that's going to double stack in front of me, especially my two main competitors, you can work out who they are, mm. and I I certainly it was. Yeah, so proud of the guys, and we're still in the hunt for that. We're going really well, and we've had some really bad luck. So I think it's going to be a good race to be in for both championships, and uh, you know that's the cool part we're a part of it, and that's why you need to have a strong uh, teammate. And mm. We push each other like faith. As Krause said, mate, your uh, your season's just ticking along nicely at the moment, but it was last year as well, and we all know what can happen towards the end. So just keep on punching, buddy, and just uh, keep putting the uh, the numbers up. And you know, if if you keep doing that, you've got to be a big chance again. I would have thought in two thousand and eighteen. Congratulations uh, on the weekend, mate. Congratulations on the season so far. I look forward to catching up with you again as we uh, keep uh, moving on. Thanks, boys. Really appreciate it. That is what Scott up, McLaughlin joining us here on the grid. Well, there you have it, Crosby. Uh, what a ripper bloke Scotty McLaughlin is. Uh, always free with his time and just uh, lovely to have a chat. Yeah, and I think he's been under the weather today as well, so not, not for yes. celebratory reasons either, but um, the long flight back from the West. Yeah, look, um, we, we, we say it all the time, and, and it, it probably gets a bit boring at times when we go, he's a genuinely lovely bloke, always happy for a chat, continues to remain very, very grounded, um, great with the fans, great with the media and, and very generous of his time given he is now arguably one of the big superstars in our sport at the moment so yeah, tremendous um, really, you know, you don't feel you never begrudge him a victory, do you? because you know you always get some good content out of it but he's just he's the class of the field, the way he's driving that car at the moment and the team delivering as well but even in relation to his own teammate who we know is a very, very capable driver and a proven winner um, Scotty's just a, a step above so he's the benchmark but what I like is how wide open it is in the pursuit of of car 17 and all of a sudden you know we've talked about Erebus this year they're um, massively competitive and Reynolds was second on Sunday Walkinshaw Andretti United were fast again and Courtney in contention for a podium um, and father time Craig Lowndes continues to prove that yep he is actually a a championship contender this year and he had a, a terrific podium in uh, the Sunday race. So the contenders just keep stacking up, Shebex, yeah, and it, it's, it's awesome. It's really, really good. No, it certainly is, Crosby. They were the winners of the weekend. Who were your losers? Uh, I felt a little bit for Nissan because for the second round in a row, they, they showed really impressive pace 
um, and they had some very, very good car speed. Andre Heimgartner, I thought, was a, a standout. Um, not for the first time this year. He's been impressive in a couple of rounds, but his qualifying performances are really strong, um, and his race pace on Sunday was good. Unfortunately, just dropped back towards the end there, but really good, um, and was glad Simona had a really strong weekend as well. Lee Silvestro and the Harvey Norman car finished 12th in the Sunday race, which was solid, probably could have been in the top 10, but tyres went off towards the end. Um, but it was hard to pick a, a loser out of that weekend. Um, Gary Rogers Motorsport had a bit of a shocker, didn't mm. they? And and even though Garth Tander started last, he worked his way through the field. But um, James Golding must be must be having a really tough time of it because his first yeah. five or six events as a rookie have been very very challenging. Um, so he's got he's got a lot of work to do. And we spoke to Todd Hazelwood on the show a couple of weeks ago. Correct. He had another pretty challenging weekend, um, and they must be going, oh, come on, wh- when are we going to get a breakthrough? When are we going to have a, a Jack LeBrock at Simmons playing style weekend where everything clicks and it all all the the ducks just line up in a row and you can string together some really strong results because we know the driver's capable. So um, not so much losers, but more stories of, um, of frustration and, and you know, really desperately needing a result at this point of the year. Yeah, no doubt. Mate, uh, our attention now turns to the Shannons Nationals this weekend, GT3 Cup Challenge. Uh, we've also got uh, the GT, the <laughs> production cars running around, yep. production cars Australia, 48 cars on the grid. The yep, GTs will be yep. running around. It's going to be a big weekend. Yep, Shannon GT Championship are there, which is cool. Um, massive field of proddy cars, as you said, and, uh, for the opening round of their national championship, but it carries on from what we saw at the Bath of Six Hour earlier this year where they had another 60-car grid, which was terrific. So it's good to see that going from strength to strength. I'm, I'm biased because I call their races and have done so for a long time, but the the GT3 Cup Challenge, for me, is a category to watch, a must-watch category this yep. year because there's half a dozen young guys and girls at the front of that field who I think are the next generation of Carrera Cup superstars and possibly even supercar superstars as well. Some really talented kids. Um, Cooper Murray and Max Vidal had the race of the year for me so far at the bend in round one, the final race of that weekend. They were wheel-to-wheel, sought the lead half a dozen times. Terrific stuff. Um, and young drivers like Chelsea Angelo in there, Jimmy Vernon, Simon Fallon, the list goes on. Really impressive category. And I think at Sandown, which is always a, a great track for Porsche one-mate racing, that's going to be a, a thoroughly entertaining weekend. Um, the Australian Prototype Series is there as well. They've got a, a couple of new guys joining the field and uh, young Sage Murdoch, who's graduated up from Formula 4 racing, will be in the Wolf CN prototype for the first time. So he'll likely be at the front of the field. But again, they had a, a terrific weekend in South Australia for their season opener. So I, I think that's going to be another category to watch with really hard, close, competitive international style racing. And we'll find out what's happening in the Australian Production Car Series. As we said, 48 cars on the grid. Ian Sheeran to join me in just a tick. Kralz, you're always great to talk to you, mate. I'll catch you on the weekend down at Sandown. Very much looking forward to Sandown. Hope everyone can get out there. It's going to be a great weekend. And the best thing is, when Melbourne's weather inevitably turns to rubbish, Sandown has the largest covered grandstand in Australian motor racing. So you can sit there... Nice and dry and out of the wind and enjoy some great motorsport. And you'll probably need to do that when it's 11 degrees and raining on Friday. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Joyous. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time again. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, mate. Richard Crowell joining us here on The Grid. Big weekend coming up here in Victoria this weekend with the running of the Shannons Nationals, round two for the Shannons Nationals 2018. 
And how's this for a cast of thousands just about? Uh, of course, the Porsche GT3 Cup Challenge will be on there. We'll have GT3 racing as well, the Australian uh, the Australian uh, GT racing happening there, as well as the production cars, Australian production cars, a field, I believe, of 48 for race one. And to tell us all about it, the man who knows more about Australian production cars than anyone out there is Ian Sharon, the promoter. G'day, Ian. G'day, Tony. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. What an amazing way to start off 2018 with such a massive field at Sandown. Yeah, mate, it is really good. You know, like, it just shows how much uh, production cars in Australia is is growing, um, not just in the States, but also nationally as well. And, you know, we've put together an amazing field off off the back of what was a, a pretty good field at Bathurst as well. So... Uh, you know, it's it's just going from strength to strength. For yourself, uh, you, you mentioned Bathurst, a, a fantastic event for yourself and your brother, the Bathurst Six Hour, uh, taking that one out with the uh, the BMW. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic, actually. I mean, Bathurst is, is something that you you always want to tick off, and um, you know, to to be an, an outright Bathurst winner in any category um, is just a dream, really. So. Uh, big one for for our family for you know all the guys that uh, help us out with our with our team there and um, you know it is a family affair we have you know not not just my brother but my father and uh, you know stepbrother and and my son was there and uh, you know we had, we had the whole family there so it was great. Yeah, amazing stuff. Uh, let's have a look at uh, Sandown. As we said, 48 cars on the grid. Uh, first of all, I believe you had to get special dispensation to have such a large field. Yeah, normally the the grid capacity there is uh, 46. So at one stage we were we were looking at 50 cars, and and that was going to be very hard to get. Um, you know, when I spoke to Cams about that, there was it, it was they weren't real happy about the 50 cars. Um, and we we had a couple of cars that unfortunately from Bathurst uh, couldn't then make it, so we that dropped it down to to 48. Um, so yeah, when I went back to Cairns with that, they 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 seemed to think that that was a, that would be okay. So we managed to squeeze the, the forty eight cars through. Now, when we uh, see the Australian production car series going around, we're used to seeing uh, your BMW M four. We're seeing the BMW one M's, the uh, the Evos, the the Commodores, Falcons, uh, the Volkswagen, Suzukis, all that sort of stuff. But a few new cars coming in for uh, 2018, and one that is especially going to turn a fair few heads is this brand new Lotus 350 Sport. Yeah, look, they look they look like a fantastic car. Um, I was down in Melbourne just the other week, uh, seeing the guys from Simply Sports Cars there, and uh, seeing one in their workshop, and um, just looked fantastic and. Yeah, some good drivers there. Jim Polsen is coming in one of those cars. We've got Grant Denny and Tony Delberto in another car pairing up for the season. Um, yeah, and there's a third car coming in there as well. And I just think they're going to be they're going to look fantastic on the grid and and really uh, you know do well. I think you know they might might suffer in some of the bigger horsepower tracks. Sandown might not be a great track for them, but certainly once you get to you know, tracks where they can use their aero and, and it's a bit windy, um, they'll come into their own. One car I was really looking forward to seeing on the grid was the uh, Porsche Cayman uh, with Bob Pearson, but unfortunately he's had some uh, issues with that. Won't be running the Porsche yeah. this weekend, but will still be there for the weekend? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, the, late, the latest I heard from Bob was that it, it's looking a bit grim. 
for those cars to be on the grid. Um, he is building two of them and was hoping to have two of them there. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it was looking more like it would just be one, so he ended up entering just one and one of his Evos. Um, last couple of days, I think there's been a few more issues. Mm. So, unfortunately, we might have to wait until Queensland to see those cars on the grid. Uh, but they, they're certainly looking fantastic. And, you know, that's, that's production cars. You know, they're, they're not that easy to build, uh, particularly when you when you haven't had the experience with, with that that uh, brand um, obviously Bob's ran Evos for a long time and, and although he, he's got a lot of Porsches in his garage I'm sure to, to turn one into a production car without having any experience of doing that before is, is difficult um, you know it's difficult even when you have had experience with that particular brand you know we went from a 135 BMW to, to the M4 and, and we still had our difficulties you know making that a production car so you know, hats off to Bob. He's taken on the challenge, and and you know he, he might not be there for Sandown, but those cars will definitely be in uh, from Queensland. And and again, you know, there's another car that's that's going to be really competitive. Um, you know, and, and looking forward to seeing that on the grid. Uh, Rob Sa- Rod Sammons also had the same issues, I suppose, early on with his Mercedes as well. In regards to Turning a, a production car into a race car, do you guys get much help from uh, from factory at all, or is it just pretty much all your own initiative? Yeah, no, we don't get any help from the factory. They don't like to uh, see their production cars ripped apart and turned into race yeah. cars. They they generally like to just sell them to you, you know. And uh, I guess that's where you know categories like GTs and, and and those type of categories where you can actually just go and buy that race car yeah. from the manufacturers. Is probably more what they'd like to see, but obviously that's another that's another level, um, you know, cost-wise when you, when you start going to that. And you know, they, they they generally don't want to see it. However, you know, saying that we are starting to see um, some manufacturers come into the category. You know, we've got um, MG coming in, um, so they'll be in with a, with an E-class car, um, and the Lotus. Uh, is is being entered. You know the the Grand Denier Tony Tony Deberto car is actually being inter- entered by Simply Sports Cars, which is the uh, Australian agent for for Lotus. So we are starting to see some interest now from the manufacturers. So hopefully that will change in the future, and and you'll start to see a little bit more support. Um, you know from from some of these manufacturers re- once they start to realise that. You know, production cars is growing massively and um, and there's massive interest in it. Once again, there's going to be some fantastic competition throughout all the categories, but a category that I always look forward to, and that's uh, down in D-Class. This year we've got the 86s, we've got the Honda Integras, we've got the, the Volkswagen Golf, the Kia Proceed, a Mini in there as well. These guys, the racing is so close and so competitive. Yeah, I mean, the classes, as you go down the classes, and like you say, D and C class usually always put on a great show. Um, you know, I remember watching the, the C class guys last year at, at Queensland Raceway, yeah. and, and they just had a massive battle. And, you know, obviously a lot of the, the TV footage went to those guys, which was fantastic to see. Um, you know, and, and like you say, D class with all those cars is, is shaping up to be a massive battle. and. Um, and something that we want to keep promoting is, you know, that we are a class category. It's not just about 
you know, the front running or outright cars. It's, you know, it's a battle all the way down the classes. Every class is, is competing for their own championship, um, you know, and to be the Australian production cars champion um, is, is something held in high regard in, in each class. Um, and that's something that we really push home. You know, every single one of our classes on the weekend is, is awarded a first, second and third for their class. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's where the future of our category is, is in those, in those, you know, C, D, E classes in growing those. Um, yeah, you look at D class, you know, we'd love to see, you know, like the, the new Mazda MX-5 hardtop, um, come in there and compete against the Toyota 86. I think that would just be fantastic. Yeah. And C classes, your Nissan 370Zs that can come in there now. Um, you know, what an amazing car to come in there and compete against some of the, the Renaults and, and those types of cars that are in C class as well. Ian, always great to catch up. I thank you for giving us an outlook as uh, to how the Australian Production Car Series for 2018 is going to look this uh this weekend, just a quick one on that too. A lot of the entries are from the the New South Wales uh, production car series. Will they get? They've got an opportunity to run on the Saturday and the Sunday. Do you expect that most of those will run on both days? Uh, look, we've had about four cars take up the opportunity to do that. Um, I think this year what you'll see is a lot of them, you know, trying it out. I guess so yeah. to speak. Um, you know, seeing what it's all about. Uh, We've definitely had a lot more inquiry uh, from some of those teams of of whether they'll do the Sunday or not. But again, I think yeah, this first year with this concept will will be a little bit of suck it and see. And um, you know, like I said, four cars are, are definitely going to be there the next day. And you know, I think just a lot of them will just take it in, see what it's all about. It'll be their first time running on a national event, um, and hopefully next year that. You know, we might pick up a few more of those cars as well. Fingers crossed. Good on you, Ian. Thank you for that, mate. Uh, of course, the Shannon's Nationals this weekend down here in Victoria at Sandown. You can uh, buy tickets at the gate and come and see some fantastic racing. Uh, catch you on the weekend. Thanks, Tony. See you there. And to finish off the show for the last few minutes, let's catch up with Braxy to talk MotoGP overnight. Braxy, what a ripper of a race in Spain. Well, yeah, what a race. We all know, always know that a red's the traditional start of the European season. Um, deals us something, but, man, that's a really dis- defining moment in uh, the MotoGP season for 2018 uh, with the three bikes, the two Ducatis of Lorenzo and Davicioso going out of the game and taking Danny Pedrosa out. You know, if uh, Danny Pedrosa, they say the luck of the Irish for the good luck, but um, they should be saying the luck of Danny for anybody that's smitten with bad luck because if he dived into something full of it, he'd come up stuck in his thumb, to tell you the truth. He's, um, you know what I mean? He just can't yeah, do trick. He breaks, it breaks his wrist early in the year, comes back, fights back, gets on the second on the grid. Um, he's like Cal Crutchlow for the race and uh, gets taken out halfway through the race with a... Oh, well, Vizioso started. He went into the dry sack corner, uh, turn six at the end of the back straight, and he dived up underneath um, Lorenzo, with, um, Danny Pedrosa about 50 metres behind, and uh, he ran it wide, and Lorenzo tried to go on the inside of him uh, for the apex of the corner, and Danny Pedrosa was going for the same bit of bitumen. So uh, Lorenzo and... Um, uh, Pedrosa clashed, and in doing so, he went over the bars. Pedrosa in spectacular fashion. Spectacular, yeah. Lorenzo stood the bike out, bike up, and hit uh, Davicioso, and they both tumbled into the kitty litter. 
And, uh, yeah, it was lucky that no one else following um, the streaming pack because Pedrosa the bike was stricken in the middle of the track for some time. And during that uh, lap of all the bikes going through, some of them went so close to hitting the bike. It was some, I suppose it's fortunate that no one else was taken down. But in the end, Marquette again swept the victory uh, by five seconds over Johan Zarco, who's um, surely going to pull off a win sooner or later. He's been on the podium uh, nearly every race uh, in the past, most of the last season and this season. And uh, Andrea Yanoni on a Suzuki, giving Suzuki three podiums in a row too. So that's a good sign for them, who held just held off, uh, 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 sorry, Valentino Rossi, who made the charge. But a great race. Lorenzo started from fifth on the grid, made a great charge into the first corner and led the first few laps. So I reckon... He's not too far off of really showing his medal on that um, Desmo Sport Ducati, on the Ducati, actually. I'm thinking of Bayless again. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah but on the Ducati, he's finally getting the, getting that Panagarda bike working properly and uh, giving, you know, Divizioso, the guy that was run up last year, a real run for his money. So in for a cracking season, but unfortunately, like, um, you know, Divizioso was leading and Cal Crutchlow. I'm in a tip contest that we actually bet when he's going to lap, he's going to crash him. Um, and he did it again from an old position, crashed out on number seven. So, um, you know, he's um, he can't take a trick either. He's crashing on. He, he was staying on the bike a bit, but um, in the heat of the battle, coming guts for again. But um, what a season it's turned into. Yeah, it certainly is, Braxton. Before we let you go, mate, just a very quick one. Jack Miller, seven consecutive top ten finishes, including yep. uh, his, his last season. So he's, uh, he's going along all right. Yep, in sixth position he finished, and he's uh, happier than the proverbial pig in a pile of mud at the moment. He is rolling around in and loving every minute of it. He's really come to grips with that Primax Ducati, and I think uh, we won't long before he, we see him, hopefully in the drive, but I reckon he might pull off a podium finish sometime during the year as well. He's I... really on fire. He's got that thing working, because it's not too far off what the specs of the factory Ducati boys are. Good on you, Braxy. Always great to catch up with you, mate. We'll do it again soon. No worries, mate. Take it easy, mate. See you back in Oz in a couple of weeks. Mark Brax joining us here on The Grid. Another episode done and dusted. You are listening to us, of course, on mypodcasthouse.com. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to bringing you up to date again next week with more motor racing here on The Grid.